you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Amen. An earthquake comes and it shakes the foundation of our society. Tornadoes and, and hurricanes can blow away all of our precious treasures. A terrorist attack will keep everyone on edge, and a drunk driver can take the life of an innocent victim. Racial tension incentivizes anger and hatred around the world. International and personal tragedies could cause one to think that God is absent from us when we're going through, and worse yet, that maybe God is impotent when it comes to changing our problems. There are so many things going on in the world today. Now, 25 centuries ago, the Jews found themselves in a precarious quagmire because they had been taken captive by a pagan king. And all of the smart people, all of the noble people, all of the the counselors from Jerusalem were taken into Babylon. Now, something about Babylon that I want to share with you, the city walls around Babylon stretch 56 miles in length. It encircled uh, approximately 200 square miles. The walls were so wide and so thick that they actually had chariot races on top of the wall. The bricks were a brightly colored blue And there was an inscription all the way around the wall that says, I am Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. So the king had a little bit of an arrogance problem, wouldn't you think? But King Nebuchadnezzar, when he conquered the small nation of Judah, he met a God who demanded exclusive worship. That was the first time he had encountered such a people who will defy him. Now, in Daniel chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar ordered this gold statue to be built. It was 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. We read in the scripture that when the music began to play, everybody in the nation, somebody say everybody. Everybody in the nation was commanded to bow down to this worldly image. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because of the God that was in them, would not allow them to bow down. So in other words, they refused to bend, they refused to bow, and they refused to burn. (laughs) Now, we know by the scriptures that even though we are in this world, but we're not of this world. Now, there's one tool that the government and culture and the enemy will use today, and that tool is to change your identity. Now, one thing about names, names gives you two purposes. They give you identity, and names give you purpose. So let's look at Hananiah. Hananiah means Yahweh is gracious, but it was changed to Shadrach, command of Aku. Now, Aku was the moon god of the Babylonian people. Now, I'm going somewhere with this, but I got to show you something first. So, in other words, the name that's closely connected with God 
was changed to something that's connected with an idol. Let me say that one more time. They were given, their Hebrew names were given as a name connected to God, but their names were changed to a Babylonian name connected to an idol. Names give you identity and purpose. And when you allow the government to change a name, Mishael means who is like God was changed to Meshach, who is as Aku is. They had a name tied to God was changed to a name tied to an idol. Azariah, Azariah, Yahweh has helped was changed to Abednego, servant of the god Nebo. Nebo was the god of wisdom of the Babylonian people. Are, are you seeing this with me here? So as you can see, all their names carried a meaning connected to God, but yet the Babylonian government gave them a name connected to an idol. So the question is, why would the king and his government officials change their names? Well, I'm glad you asked me. I'm glad y'all, I heard that. Somebody out there asked me that. Their names were changed as a way to encourage them to not only to forget their God, but to forget their standards. See, when you allow somebody else to determine who you are, then you're never going to walk in what God called you to be. See, when you allow your past to tell you who you are or past failures to tell you who you are or somebody who didn't love you really to tell you who you are or a bad relationship you was in to tell you who you are or even the government or even the enemy or even culture to tell you who you are, then you will never be able to figure out who God called you to be. Don't let the enemy steal your identity. So when culture tells you that you can be something other than what God designed you to be, come on, somebody, then you're actually walking in an idol God. And that idol God is the God of culture. And it could be the God of government. So in other words, they were forced to assimilate through indoctrination. That's why it's vitally important to understand the word of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 teaches us that we shouldn't be conformed to this world. But be ye transformed. It's the Greek word metamorpho. Transformed, where we get the English word metamorphosis, which means we need to change. And how are our minds going to change? It can only change when we read the word of God. When we study the word of God, when we stay in the word of God, if you're feeling like you're just not connected to God, well, maybe it's because you're disconnected from his word. You haven't picked up the Bible in a while. You're, well, pastor, I don't quite understand it. Well, get you a Bible that you can understand. You won't know who you are outside of God. He designed you. He created you. He created you before your mom and daddy ever knew you was coming. He says it like this, before I knew, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you and I ordained you. See, God knew you before you even, your mom and daddy ever met. So God obviously knows who you're supposed to be. I hope I'm helping you with your identity because some people in this room right now, you might be operating in an identity that's not yours. So what he did, he wanted to break them down so that they can start operating in a Babylonian mindset. That's why the Bible says, set your mind on things where? 
and not on the earth. Why is that important? Because the moment you continue to set your minds on things on this earth is the moment you start operating in something that God didn't design for you to do. Right? Because the God of heaven is the one who created you with a divine purpose and a destiny. See, everybody has purpose. Everybody has a destiny. Atheists have a destiny. God created all people to have a destiny. You can reject God's love. That is your choice to reject his love. But his love is always there. His love is unconditional. It is up to us to receive it or reject it. He loves everybody, but he's not going to put up with everybody's stuff. It's just like my children. I love my children, but I ain't putting up with everything. And just because God loves people don't mean that God accepts everything that people do. I don't agree with pastors that says that, that God will affirm you in how you are. I don't believe that for one minute because we don't preach an affirmational gospel. We preach a transformational gospel. Come as you are so that you can be transformed into what God has called you to be. All of us need to be transformed. Otherwise, why would we need the Holy Spirit? All of us needed that transformation because some of us were bad, mad and mean and bitter and hateful. And come on, some of y'all might be like that now. Come on, everybody's been, I've been there. And I needed the Holy Spirit in my life to change John Lothar from the inside out. So that I can respect people again and, and I'm not bitter about life and bitter because so-and-so did this to me or I wish I could have got that from my daddy. And at some point, you got to grow up and take responsibility for your own life and stop blaming everybody. Am I in the right church this morning? Write this down. We may not always understand the purpose of our trials, but God simply asks that we trust him even when it's not easy. We trust him even when it's not easy. Let me say that one more time. We trust him even when it's not easy. We trust him even when it's not easy. So I want to give you three powerful points pertaining to persecution. Check this out. The first one is God is able to keep you through persecution. See, you got to understand something. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, the Bible says, Indeed, All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Let me read that one more time. Maybe you missed it. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Christian persecution is is not uh, something that we might go through. It's a part of the process. Let me say it one more time. Christian persecution is not a process that we might go through. It's a part of life. Okay, I'm trying. I'm gonna help you here. I, I, I hope I am because. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Let me see if I can help him, baby. All right. Why are we persecuted? How are you going to preach with me? <laughs> why, why are we persecuted? Okay, so th- that's a good question, right? 
so because a, a lot of Christians was asked, why are we persecuted? Let's go to verse 12. Look at verse 12. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods and worship the gold image. So one reason why we get persecuted is because of our standards. See, because Shadrach, Meshach had a standard, that standard cannot be moved, changed, or rearranged just because the government is complicit to idols. The Holy Spirit in us teaches us what's right and what's wrong. Isaiah chapter 5, we read that many, many times. Isaiah chapter 5, verse, verse 10, it says, Woe to those who call good evil and evil good, dark for light and light for darkness, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We're living in a generation like that right now. Because if you want to live right, it's something wrong with trying to live right. And when you want to live right, you get persecuted because people say, well, pastor, I don't feel like I need to be living like that. Well, it doesn't matter what you feel. What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. I taught y'all last week that old, that old country proverb. Y'all remember what it was? It is what it is and ain't what it ain't. Don't make it what it is. And see, I know y'all country now. I'm making y'all just as country as I am now. Right? It is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. Don't make it what it isn't. What does that mean? That means it's right or wrong. You can't be a little pregnant. This Bible is either absolute or it's obsolete. And if it's absolute, we have to absolutely believe in every jot and every tittle. You can't come into the word of God and say, oh, I don't like that scripture because it, 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 it talks about the lifestyle that I want to live. I don't, I don't like that scripture because I, 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 like, I like committing adulterous affairs. On, I, I don't like that scripture because I like lying to people. You can't pick and choose what you're gonna what you're gonna believe in the Bible. You either believe all of Jesus said it like this, you either for me, you're against me. We got too much mixture going on in the church. Amen. No, you need to you need to decide whom you're gonna serve. Because God said, Jesus said it like this: you can't serve two. You can't serve mammon and God. You're gonna be disloyal to one and loyal to the other. Where do our loyalties lie? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, God, I, I don't care what you do. I don't care what the government, let me, let me put it plainly. I don't care what the president does. There you go. I'm going to stand on the standards of God. Amen. Don't care what his color is. Amen. If it's against God, I can't go there. Amen. And if you don't know what, what, what is for God, then you need to get into this word so you can understand it. Or you need to get, be a part of a church that's going to teach you a balanced word. Now, I'm not saying just this church. There are a lot of great churches, but I just happen to be a little partial to this one. <laughs> Bless the name of Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says, come out from among them and be separate. But it didn't say be separated. See, there's a difference. There's a difference between being separate and being separated. Separate means you're holy and you're set apart. He didn't say come out from among them and be separated. Otherwise, we can't win the loss. 
He said be separate. You know what that means? That means no matter where you are, no matter if you're around your family, with your boys, with your girls, with the boys in the hood, you need to stand up at the, with the standards of God in your heart, understanding that the God I serve is who I'm going to stand before. And when all of you guys are gone, I got to stand before God. So I'm not going to get involved in different conversations that's against my God. I'm not going to talk about different ethnicities just because I'm black or I'm white or I am Hispanic. So what you do in your private time will come out in the public because you can't be powerful publicly unless you're ground in privately. And before long, your private life will be exposed and you weren't who you said you were in the first place. See, that's what's going on with some of these preachers. They're going to be, I, then, I, then I warned you guys about two weeks ago, I told you the Lord told me there's going to be some more fall. Because God is getting ready to have himself a church. He's coming back for one church, thanks of God. He said, I'm coming back for a church without spot or without wrinkle or any such thing. But she shall be holy. And see, you don't even hear much preaching on holiness and righteousness anymore. Why? Because people don't like that kind of talk. What do you mean? You're trying to legislate how I live? Yeah, you're living like hell. You need to change it. I'm not trying to live like hell to miss heaven. I want to live right for real. And I'm trying to do it privately. I want to be privately devout. I want to be secretly holy when nobody else is looking. I want to know, God, I'm yours. I'm all yours. I don't care who is around me. I don't care how big the church is. I don't care who comes or who don't come. I want you. Until you get that kind of tenacity about your relationship with God, you might have a diaphanous relationship with him. You are ethereal. It's not real. God is looking for genuine people. Somebody who loves God for real, not just love God when you're at church. I, I, I know it's tight. I know it's tight. I knew it was going to be tight today. Let me tell you this one. Persecution only comes on people who live right. Persecution only comes on people who live right. If you ain't living right, you're not persecuted. That's justice. Some of y'all will get it going home today. I know it. So, so, so listen, can I, can I, can I change your frame of, change your frame of reference for a second here? Listen, listen. So if you get persecuted only when you're living right, then when you get persecuted, before you think I must have done something wrong, understand, no, I must be doing something right. See, I told you I was coming to help you today. So before, I just can't believe they're talking bad about me. I can. They're supposed to be talking bad about Pastor John because Pastor John don't take no mess. They're supposed to be leaving Pastor John's church because I'm not going to put up with a lot of mess that churches are putting up with. You're supposed to be leaving up out of here if you don't want to live right. And guess what? I'm going to tell you, here's the difference. Let me tell you the difference between people. I'm not just going to go after people just because you leave the church. There's a difference between people who are lost and people who leave. Because a lot of people want to throw that up in my face. Well, Jesus left the 99 to go after the one. That was one that was lost. That was not one that left. When you leave, you leave on your own accord. You ain't lost. So, yes, I'm going to go after the person that's lost. And can I give you some more word on it? When the 5,000 left Jesus, did he run after them? 
what did he do? He turned his back on him, looked at the 12 and said, you going to leave me also? Because if you're going to bounce, you might as well step. That's the John Lawton Bible. That is not in the Bible. <laughs> that, that's my ghetto Bible that I'm working on. <laughs> well, it got Ebonics. I might as well come up with a ghetto Bible. Rachel, Rachel can't edit that one. <laughs> Rachel be like, oh, my God, Pastor. <laughs> Amen. See, are you seeing the difference here? Not that I'm not loving saints of God, but let me just tell you something. I don't have a whole lot of energy to be running after people who don't want to be here in the first place. Listen, I, you can't make anybody stay saved. That's, that's, that's way beyond what you have authority to do. That's between that person and God. Once I get you to God, you're on your own. Now, I can help disciple you, but you can't disciple people who don't want to be discipled. Can I help you out a little bit, saints of God? I know they don't like this kind of preaching because he's a loving God, and you can do anything you want to do. You can live any kind of way you want to live because God loves you. But I came to tell somebody in here today, you cannot do everything you want to do. You have to do things according to the standard of God. And when you start laying down the law in a church, I, I, I don't like that church. They're not loving. No, I love you enough to try to keep you out of hell. Because I don't answer to any of you in this room. I answer to God alone. So I preach free. I, I'm not afraid of the government, culture, or the devil. So I'm surely not afraid of you. And if you've got a pastor that's afraid of you, you need to change churches. Because what they're going to do is preach whatever your little itchy ears want to hear. Well, I don't like that because the pastor said, I, I ain't living right. I need to repent. That's the best thing for you. <laughs> Listen, I got to repent too. I, 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 I ain't all that. Listen, if I got to lay on my face and ask God to continue to change my heart, then that's everybody in the church. I don't, I don't mean my wife don't walk around with a halo on, speaking in tongues all day long in the, in the house. Hey, baby, tita, ba, 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 ha, ha, ha. We ain't doing all of that. We got to live right just like you. We got to stop being bitter about things. We got to forgive people. We got to go and drive just like you do and to keep from cussing people out. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> that just came out, right? You need to be praying for me. I ain't lying. <laughs> Y'all don't do that, right? <laughs> it is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. Don't make it what it is. And amen. <laughs> so they were persecuted because they had a standard. But they're also persecuted for another reason. Go to verse 17. Are you still with me, saints? Okay. Is this okay so far? Amen. Look at verse 17. So they were persecuted because they had a standard. Listen, saints. When you want to live right, just expect your family to start tripping. Can, can, can I help somebody? Listen, can I, let me give you a piece of my life here. When, when you live right, just expect certain people to keep you out of their little cliques. Uh-huh, somebody know what I'm talking about in here. Just expect it, right? And see, they're, 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 uh, I'm ashamed to say this, but there are some pastors that don't want me around them. Not, not that I'm better than them, because I'm not. It's just that there's a whole lot of mess I just don't put up with. I'm grown. I do what grown people do. I don't have time to be playing games. 
I'm too old to be playing games. Listen, if you're not talking about what we can do for the kingdom and getting people saved, I don't have a whole lot of energy for that. I work a full-time job. I'm a full-time pastor. I love my wife full-time. Glory to God. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Praise the Lord. I'm a full-time father. Look at her saying, yes, 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 yes. Right? So there's certain things, saints, but you work. You, you got a family. You got things that you're trying to accomplish. And if you got some kids, good God Almighty, you know you've, you've used up all your patience already. Listen, you got to run around two, three, I'm coming, girl, come in. You, you better stop doing it. You get down from there right now. By the time you get around grown folks, you better better stop talking to me like that. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I just hadn't transformed yet. I've been talking to the kids all day, so you you just came into my circle. I just (laughs) the mothers know what I'm talking about. Can somebody say amen? (laughs) You know, you've been doing all of that, right? So you just don't have a whole lot of time and energy to be playing games. Let me tell you something. God is about to wrap this thing up. Don't think that this mess that we're seeing in our nation is by happenstance. All you have to do is read Matthew chapter 24. It reads just like a newspaper. The heat is being turned up, saints, but it's being turned up for a reason. Now, I'm not telling you to get turned up, but I'm just saying it's being turned up for a reason. Some of y'all get that going home. I know it. I know, I know, I know the young people got it. Old folks say, turn, what are you talking about turned up? So, so, <laughs> You need to pray harder, Pastor Tim. <laughs> so they were persecuted. I'm trying to get to the next one. Y'all stop. They were persecuted because they lived a standard. Do you have standards in your life? I mean, that was rhetorical. Do you have standards? <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have said that first. So, they, so, so, so you should. You, you, okay, I can't get off of this, so I'm going to stay on it. And that might be part two. Because y'all know I don't rush messages. I preach you what I got, and then we'll finish the next Sunday or whenever. So listen, I, I have a standard. So on my job, people know me. They know you're not going to come and say any type of racial jokes, gender jokes, or anything around me. Why? Because I will rebuke them. So I'm not going to huddle up with a bunch of black people, and we're talking about white people and Hispanics. Because you, you may not understand, I was a Christian first. Because we were created in the spirit first. When we were born, we were born sinners. That's why we have to be born. Come on, somebody. So I'm a Christian that happens to be black. So I don't allow my culture to define my Christianity. I allow my Christianity to define my culture. Because the God I serve is bigger than black, white, Hispanic, Mexican, Italian. It don't even matter. Because he created the races. Mm-hmm. But let me, let me give you a scripture over there in, in, uh, in the book of Acts. He said he made all of one blood. And we just, we just, we all from one blood. 
and we just going up against each other. And, and, and here's, here's the, okay, all right, so since I'm out there, I'm going to stay. And, and, and Christians, man, we, we just start talking bad about each other. Things are happening and things are growing, and we want to talk bad about them. I have somebody want to talk bad about Elevation. Elevation is growing. Stephen Fudick is doing a great job. I don't have nothing to do with that. Praise God. There are people that have come from Elevation to this church. So what? God needs all of us. Right? Now, John Lofton is not Stephen Fudick. Not trying to be. I am not to try to take covenant to make covenant elevation. He's not trying to make elevation covenant. It won't fit. You got to understand that there is a place God has for all of us. Don't talk bad about a man because he's doing something he's supposed to be doing and you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. No, you have the propensity to talk bad about somebody else that's making headways for the kingdom of God. And what are you doing? How many people have you saved this past week? How many people that have you baptized? How many people have you led to the Lord? So you see what I'm saying, saints? Keep your mouth off of God's house. I don't talk bad about pastors. I tell you a prophecy like I did two weeks ago that some are going to fall. I'm not specific about who. They know who they are. And you will know, too, because they're going to be in the news. Because anytime something bad happens in the church, you know they're going to put that on the news. But let us have a community relationship form that's trying to do things right. We couldn't get Channel 9 and 14 up in here. They wouldn't even call us back. I'm just telling you what I'm saying, saints. But, but, but watch. As we begin to make more and more headroom, come on now. I refuse to be denied. We came to change this region, and it's going to change. Hello, somebody. So what I need is some people that's going to stick by us because it might be me in the news. And I'm going to tell you what, if I ever get on Fox or CNN or CNBC, I'm going to straighten all of them out because I'm going in there with my Bible. And when they ask me as a pastor, pastor, what do you feel about homosexuality? And I'm going to look them in the eyes and say, it doesn't matter how I feel about homosexuality. What matters is what does the Bible say about it? It says the same things about adulterers. It says the same thing about liars. It says the same thing about fornicators. It is a sin, always will be, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when God does not change, guess who needs to do the changing? And I'm going to drop my, bike, my Bible like the mic and poof, walk off. <laughs> and I can hear him now. Well, there goes the pastor. <laughs> That'll probably be my last time. <laughs> they ain't going to ever invite me back. <laughs> they don't invite that crazy bald-headed rascal in here. Amen. And see... And when that happens, I don't need y'all talking about it. See, I, I, I wish my pastor would have been a little nicer. <laughs> Do you realize that the Bible teaches us that our lifestyle should convict sinners? We're not supposed to be complicit with sin. 
There should be something about my life that, that convicts people who are not living right. Otherwise, I'm not living right. And, th- and that's not because I'm a pastor. That's because I'm a Christian. See, one of the main reasons people want to persecute you is because they don't want to do right. Can I, just, can I just talk about this stuff? This is what's killing us right now. You, you know, I've never been afraid of being shot by a white cop, but where I grew up, I was always scared to be shot by somebody that looked like me. Sam, you were shot how many times? 13 times. What color was the person? <laughs> can I get real about it? It's a tragedy, period. I don't care if, if, if a black man is not going home or a cop is not going home. It's a tragedy, period. But we got to have a balanced conversation about it. I am not one-sided here. I, I don't purport Black Lives Matter because I truly believe that all lives matter. I, I'm, a, I'm a man of God. I don't have just black people in this church. So I'm not going to sit up here with that nonsense. No, all lives matter. Even the black babies' lives that are being aborted by Planned Parenthood, those lives matter too. So I'm, if we're going to talk about it, I'd like to have the whole conversation. That's why I said we got to have an intellectual dialogue. If you can't intellectually talk to me, then, then I don't need to be talking to you because you, you, can't, you can't get the concept. And some people just want to be angry. Can I, real, can I be real, real about this thing? Let me be real, real about it. You know what I was disappointed in Wednesday night? That we had more white people here than black. But I get all over Facebook, black people talking, we need to solve this problem. We need to come together. They were here. I didn't have one black pastor to show up. Not one that I invited. Not one. I had one white pastor that came. You see how quiet it is in here now? See, that's what truth does. And I'm not afraid of the truth. Some people just want to be angry. They don't want to fix the problem. They want to break everybody else's stuff. You come to my house, I guarantee you, I got something for you. <laughs> All right, can we get back in the anointing now? <laughs> Amen? I love you. I love you. And one thing about this church, you can come to this church and worship in freedom. We have a security team in this church. If somebody comes through those doors and try to hurt you, they're going to get hurt. Because our team don't play. Right. So so you should be able to come to church and worship without having to worry about some terrorist coming up in here to put terror in you so that you don't go to church. Let me just tell you something. It's just beginning. Charleston was just a start. So they were persecuted for their standards. Let me give you verse 17. It was hard for me to get up out of that one, but I hope I made sense there. What time is it? All right, give you a little bit more, and then we're going to stop right there, and we'll have part two next Sunday. They were persecuted for the standards, but look at verse 17 and 18. They were persecuted for another reason as well. Are you ready? Uh, if that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, 
Let it be known to, today, to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the, God in, the gold image which you have set up. So the second reason they were persecuted is because of who they served. Their standards and who they served. Did you hear the words there? They said, the God whom we serve is able to deliver us. But even if not, we still will not bow down. Did you catch that? Even if not, we still will not bow down. The God we serve is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, he's still God. You know what they're teaching us there is to trust God. Trust him when things are good. And trust him when things are not so good. Are you here with me? So let me go into the next point, and then we're going to stop. I got to rush, okay? So check this out. So God is able to keep you through persecution. I said that one already, but check this out. God is able to preserve you through a promise. So I gotta, you got to read this promise. We got to go to the book of Isaiah. Turn left, Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going to read this real quickly here. And I'm going to start reading while you turn there because of the sake of time. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 says, But now thus said the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Somebody say, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. I have called you by your name. In other words, he had to know who you were. The reason he knew you is because he created you. Did you hear the first part? He said, who created you? He named you. He knew. He knows you. Uh, do you not know that in the book of Revelation, it says that there on a white stone is going to be written your real name? I wonder what my name is. I hope it ain't something crazy. Y'all know what I'm talking about, especially if you're a school teacher. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Boy, that is, but man, if that don't, that, if that right there, it's not a blessing. God says, I called you, and you are mine. That's why he's jealous. He said, you belong to me. You don't belong to the world. You don't belong to the government. You don't belong to the enemy. You don't even belong to yourself because I bought you with a price. Amen. He said, you are mine. But let me go ahead and read the rest of this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Did you hear that? So the reason I said God is able to preserve you in the, in the, through this promise is because God gives us a promise to pr protect us when we go through. That's right. That's right. You getting it? So these flames may not literally mean flames of fire, but we do go through flames of sin and flames of persecution and flames of sickness and flames of pain and depression. Flames of hatred. Yeah. We, we, we still go through those things. It's just that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego actually had a literal flame that they had to go through. Now, there's three things I want us to notice here. I'm going to talk about those three, and I'm going to stop right there. Y'all ready? Three things we need to know. You ready? You ready to go? All right, let's roll. Let's roll. So look at this. That's the scripture right there. I forgot to show it to you. <laughs> so that's the scripture. Let's move on. Three things to notice. Check this out. They were faithful through the fire. 
This is going to be short. It's real simple. This is, this, is, this is the pragmatic part of the message. This is real simple. They were faithful through the fire. You see, one of the things that happened as we went to verse 25, I got to paraphrase for the sake of time. One of the things that happened was they were bound hand and foot. They did not try to run from the fire. They couldn't. They were bound. They were faithful to go in the fire because they said that God we serve is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, I will go to this furnace to die. They had no. Listen, I know we read the Bible and we know what happened on the other side. These three men had no idea what God was going to do. As they were going into the fiery furnace, they had no idea that God was going to deliver them. See, sometimes when you're praying to God, you have no idea what God is going to do. And God is calling us to trust him, regardless if he heals you or not, regardless if he saves your children or not, regardless if he heals your marriage or not, we're supposed to trust God through it all. Amen. Nebuchadnezzar looked in and, and he said, what? <laughs> it was four men in there walking around inside the fire. Did you catch that story? So in other words, God is telling us to be faithful in the fire because God is there listen listen he looked in and he saw four and his words were and the fourth looks like the son of God what do you mean that as Christians we can go through things and a pagan person can see that God is come on somebody can see that God is with us that's the way they can see it because we can go through pain and the hurt and we still have a smile on our face. You know what they see? They see the God that is with us. And notice when he called all four, he called all four of them out, but three only came out. Because if God can keep you in the fire, God can keep you out of the fire when he's in you. See, notice he walked with them in the fire. When they came out of the fire, he walked in them. Let me say that one more time. Notice he walked with them in the fire. But when they came out of the fire, he walked in them. The fourth man was still with them. The pagan king just couldn't see him. When you come out on the other side, you should be full of God. I didn't like going through radiation and having to, to keep getting checkups. I still have to go get checkups. But I trust God every step of the way. I don't know what those numbers are going to look like, but I trust God. Many of you had to go back because they saw something on the mammogram. How many about your hands? They say they always see something. They always see something. Right? Doesn't that scare you half to death? Come on now, let's be real about it. I know you're a Christian. I ain't got time for all that mess because everybody gets scared of now and then. Right, right, right? So, so yeah, when you get there, you go, ooh. Oh, man, I got to come back. Right? Same thing with my wife. Right? And I said, no, the devil is alive. So while she was in there, I'm speaking in tongues in the waiting room. I'm going in there. I'm in there. I'm with God. So when I look up, I saw her coming out. I said, yeah, it's done. She came out with a smile on her face. I said, yep, it's done. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go get something to eat. 
<laughs> Hello, somebody. So God can keep you. Let me give you the second one. God, they were faithful through the fire. Check this one out. They were freed by the fire. See, one of the things you got to understand, saints of God. Oh, see, I knew this one was going to get you right here. See, one of the things about being bound, the Bible, remember I told you, I'm going to come back to this. The Bible said they were bound going in the fire, but they were freed by the fire. Isn't it amazing that what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn it for your good? Come on, somebody. So sometimes we need to go in the fire because when we go in, God can cut some stuff away from you that you don't need to be operating in in the first place. Because it's in the fire that God can expose yourself. He can show you stuff when you go through the fire. He can show you if you're really loving or not. He can show you if you're forgiving that person or not. Let me tell you when you know you're forgiving somebody because a lot of times people don't understand. When, when you can see that person and you don't, you don't feel nothing. If you see that person and you feel some kind of way, you haven't really, you ain't over it. You ain't over it yet. You need to go pray some more. You need to intercede some more. And you need to intercede for that person. Boy, I got to get us. See, that's, that's a fire too. You mean, pastor, I got to pray for that heathen who don't like me? <laughs> God says, yes, you do. See, they were free. Come on, somebody. Are you, are you hearing me today? So what I'm trying to get to you is this. Get on up in that fire. Don't ever see persecution the same way ever again. Let me tell you something. If Jesus had to go through persecution. But you know what Jesus did? He said, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. See, his humanity didn't want to go through it, but his divinity said, let's do this. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. But then he said, nevertheless. Doesn't that sound like the three Hebrew men that said the God that we serve is able, but even if he doesn't. Even, but even if he doesn't. You, you, you know what that is, right? That is, God, I don't care what the answer is. See, that's where Christians start saying, well, you know, the, the Bible says that I'm healed in Jesus' name. Well, what if he take you through that process of going through chemo and going through the operation? Don't you know the same God that can heal you instantly is the same God can touch that doctor and take that stuff out of your body? See, I just truly believe that I don't try to strong arm God. I just let God bless me the way he wants to bless me. Well, however long it takes for you to bless me, Lord, I, I don't care, God. I'm going to praise you through the storm anyhow. If, if, if you take it away from me instantly, I'm going to bless you. If it takes a few months, I'm going to bless you. If it takes a couple of years, I'm going to bless you because I trust you. Come on, somebody. I don't want you to ever see persecution again the same way. Listen, we, we're going to go through that fire. And I'm going through it knowing, God, there's something that you need to cut away from me. What is it, God? Is it bitterness? Is it unforgiveness? Is it racism? What you need to cut away from me? Because whatever it is, God, I know I can't get to heaven with it in me. And if I can't, if, if, if I can't operate in heaven with this in me, I don't want to operate it in, with, with it in me on this earth. Amen. Amen. Can I give you the last one? All right, I'm going to give you the last one. We're going to stop. We'll, we'll finish this up next week. 
I know y'all wanted me to finish today, but I ain't going to do it. They were faithful through the fire. They were freed by the fire. Check this one out. All the fire did was burn away the things that they didn't need anyway. Here's my point. When we walk by faith and not by sight, there may be times of fiery persecution, but you can be assured that God is with you. You will be fine. And you know what God did to me? Man, this is, man, this was a gut punch for me because as a pastor, and some of you guys who, who got that grace to always want to help people, y'all know who I'm talking about. I ain't talking about nobody specific, but people who always want to help people. And y'all know I ain't, I ain't one to call no names, but people who always want to help folks. <laughs> do, do you realize that sometimes God will allow people to go through a persecution, and every time you pull them out, God has to put them back? See, isn't that, a, that's, isn't that something? See, that's something to think about because as a pastor, first thing I want to do is pull people out. We got to get them out of that fire. I'm like a fireman. We got to get them out. I got to put on what I need to put on. I got to put on some fireproof stuff so I can get in there. But, 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 but check this out. What if they needed to be in there? Because maybe they had some stuff that they were bound by. And God was trying to burn it off yeah. of them. But every time you pull them out, God didn't burn it off. So, so God would have to put them back in. But listen, listen, this is how God did me. This, this is, mm, I don't even know why I'm telling you all this. But I'm going to tell you anyway. This is how God did me. I kept wanting to pull somebody out. So this is what God would do. God would put me in a fire so I can leave other people alone. God is bad. I ain't lying. I, his strategy is amazing. He said, okay, since you won't leave him alone, I'm going to put you in something. Right? So while I'm over here worrying about what I'm in, I, can't, I ain't got time. So, so God can, is this making sense at all? What I'm trying to tell you is sometimes you need to leave people alone. Otherwise, God going to put you in something. <laughs> Parents always pulling our kids out of stuff. At some point, you got to say, look, you, you're on your own. Right, Parents. You have to do that sometimes. We have to do that with our own. You just have to say, oh, no, not, not you, of course, not you. <laughs> but at some point, you got to say, look, <laughs> I, I, I'm not your sugar daddy or mama. You're going to have to fall on your face, baby. I love you. But you're going to have to fall flat on your face on this. I'm not bailing you out. Because guess what? They'll never learn if you keep bailing them out. Some of you that have little ones, you don't know what I'm talking about right now. But trust me, when they get bigger, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Because some of them, you're just going to have to let them go. Or they're going to drive you crazy. I ain't, you ain't going to drive me crazy. I ain't get this old to be crazy. Hello, somebody. You raise them up, cut them off. Hello? I told you, this <laughs> you're in the right kind of church today. <laughs> you raise them up, cut them off. The Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old. And that's what the Bible says. If you beat them, they shall not die. That's really in the Bible. But we're not advocating 
abuse. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Let me make sure y'all know this thing is being recorded. Y'all be giving her the pastor at Indian Trails had beat children. <laughs> Fox News. <laughs> You know, <laughs> they'll be coming over there, coming to community church, advocating beating children. That's not what we're saying. We're saying we discipline children, right? But God disciplines us too, whom the Lord loves. He, yeah, yeah, some people say he chased. <laughs> he ain't chasing you. He's chastening. That means he's disciplining. We need discipline, right? So check it out. They were faithful through the fire. They were freed by the fire, and they were fine in the fire. Some things that we're going through, saints of God, we need to see God in the middle of it. Joseph was thrown in a pit, but God was with him. He had to endure the lies of Potiphar's house, but God was with him. He had to go through the prison of people forgetting about him, but God was with him. But then God promoted him, and God was with him then too. Final word here. You might not be ready for your assignment if you're not willing to go through the furnace of affliction. Now, I know a lot of people don't like this kind of preaching. I know it because you want to get pat on the back and all that good stuff. I'm patting you on the back for real right now. It may not seem like it, but if I can teach you how to go through, man, I wish somebody had taught me how to go through years ago. It would have saved me a whole lot of headache. Right? Listen, we already, I already told you, we will be persecuted. Why? Because we're living right. Just keep living right, saints of God. People are going to persecute you. Any, and since they're going to persecute you anyway, you might as well live right. Right? And so I, I just want to make sure that as a pastor that I'm doing it right privately. Because if I'm not doing it right privately, you'll see right through my mess. I, don't, I think you deserve better. You deserve someone with some integrity. Someone that really loves God and really loves his family and his wife. See, it's not my testimony that I hang around men who don't take care of their children. So I don't understand that. Every man I know, they do. So that's not my testimony. So I don't, I don't believe that for one bit. Because I'm around a lot of men right here. They take care of their families and their children, so that's not my testimony. So I'm not going to allow culture to tell me or stereotype a certain culture simply because that's your filter. That's not mine. Amen. Can we think on a different level, saints? Because God is requiring us to think on things above and not on the earth. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.